Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay, Frazier, count us down. He's starting to eat it. <laughs> He's like, you put it in my face. What else am I going to do with it? Okay, he said go. What are you waiting for? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season six, episode four, Snap Out of It, which aired on October 13th, 1990. And is the episode where Dorothy befriends a man through Meals on Wheels and does so much acting to oh my close God. doors. You, in a weird way, can tell she was phoning this in. You think so? I feel that. Yes, I feel Why? this episode. Because it, it, I, I, I feel like, I don't know, I just, I'm just, getting that vibe. We'll talk about it. I, I have a big question about this episode, and maybe the listeners can weigh in as well. Ooh, listener now, poll. Now, the episode of this, the name of this episode is Snap Out of It. Snap Out of It. Dorothy treats Jimmy's... Wait, we, they don't even know who Jimmy... Well, they do. Yeah, they but. do know who Jimmy is. But in, I just want to... Up top, I feel like it's important to have this conversation. What his problem do, is? Do they treat mental illness... Are they irresponsible with mental illness in this episode? Well, yeah, just like they were irresponsible with, like, body shaming and race, too. I mean, it was it was 1990. Like, they were, they were, they were kind of not PC. It's just... The message I take, and, and the reason I said the name of the episode is called Snap Out of It, is because that's how Dorothy treats Jimmy. But it's no different The whole from, time is snap out of it. And yeah. I, I'm assuming they don't say it, but it sounds like Jimmy's agoraphobic. Yeah, but they're not going to get into that. It's the fucking Golden Girls. Sure. If he's not agoraphobic, I mean, I it just seemed... So we just go through. Let's talk about it during Jimmy's the episode. Journey. This isn't a top of this, okay. is a, this is a throughout conversation because right. this is going to be something that keeps coming up and coming up. I am in the thing of let's not read into it. Let's understand it was 1990. Let's understand that things are were a little bit different than in terms of what is was appropriate for television. And what it was never appropriate, but what they allowed on television and what wouldn't necessarily be allowed today. But even today, I don't find this offensive at all. I don't find anything in this episode offensive necessarily. No, I mean, I guess I just look at like. But it you is. Know, there are certain things that they take very seriously in terms like, like chronic fatigue syndrome. Like chronic syndrome. fatigue syndrome and the AIDS episode. It was just, I don't know. It was like, oh. The- but this isn't necessarily seen. I don't think this was ever seen as sort of a serious thing. It was seen as a funny bit about a dude who's stuck in the 70s who 
can't leave his apartment. They didn't see it as mental illness necessarily. It wasn't a mental illness episode. It was an it was an episode about Dorothy thinking that she's a miracle worker. But I think it was because they she even says that Jimmy Jimmy's had a hard time since the sixties. So it's yeah, like but it's presumably not, it wasn't like meant to, it wasn't like Vietnam, a slow music fade out. No, it wasn't no. It wasn't a slow music fade out. It wasn't it wasn't anything like that doesn't, the, they're still they're they're it, mentioning no, mental illness. Out, it, it, but yeah, but you're thinking from a 2017 brain. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in 1990, and would you have the same reaction? Probably not. Well, I would have been a child. Well, exactly. But also, if you were the adult you are now, living in the time that everyone else was living in 1990, where maybe there wasn't so much of an accepted acceptance of socially accepted mental illness issues, you probably wouldn't see this episode for anything bad. You wouldn't think of it as mental illness. You would think of it as just another funny episode of The Golden Girls. Maybe. I'm just saying, don't police it too much. Put yourself in 1990. I guess. And I also don't, I mean, even from even if it aired today, I don't think I would have found this very offensive. Because this, not, this wasn't a serious episode about this man's mental illness. It was an episode about Dorothy getting this man out of his apartment. And yes, sort of in some way helping with his mental illness. But it wasn't specifically about his mental illness. And I don't know if she ever said mental illness. No, the word they, was they, never mentioned. No, they no. they tap if it was dance a special, around it. If it was a special episode, they would have said the word mental illness. If they can say chronic fatigue syndrome, <laughs> they can say mental illness. Okay, sure. All right, that was a good. <laughs> or do an a, AIDS episode. A good, a good up top debate. Um, the episode starts. I mean, it, they dive right in. It starts with a good old Sophia. I'm having a heart attack joke. Yeah. She yeah. dives right in. She needs something from Dorothy. Mm. Um, and uh, She needs a partner. She needs someone to drive her to Meals on Wheels. Yes. She needs somebody. Uh, she needs a driver for Meals on Wheels. Um, little background on Meals on Wheels. Um, it is, I'm sure most people know what Meals on Wheels is. It's a program designed to provide food for people who can't purchase food uh-huh. on their own or uh-huh. prepare food on their own. It actually originated in the UK in 1943 following World War II. Uh-huh. They used to push the transport the meals around in, in old prams, uh-huh. like baby buggies. Uh, and then it was officially established in the United States in 1974. And here it's primarily used for seniors. Yeah. And there is actually, um, there's more sort of meal service programs that exist for sort of targeted communities like Project Angel Food here in Los Angeles, a great organization. If you want to know more about it, you should check that out because they're amazing. I really support them. Um, where they primarily serve people who have HIV or other medical illnesses that they can't sort of take care of themselves mm-hmm. in terms of food. Um, there's lots of meal services. It's not just Meals on Wheels. Meals right. on Wheels is sort of the umbrella popular known one, but there's a lot of sort of, mm-hmm. if you look in your area, you'll see a lot of meal service programs. Uh, there's a great moment where um, Dorothy, uh, when Sophia is asking her for help, and she says, "To the moon, Ma." To the moon, Ma. Do you know what that's from? Yes, the Honeymooners. Okay, I just that I don't usually I don't get a lot of the references, but I grew up and my dad would say it all the time, "To the moon, Alice," because he watched the Honeymooners, and I was yeah. like, oh, "I know a reference." It's classic, a little gla- <laughs> little Jackie Gleason. Um. So, uh, meanwhile. Uh, Blanche is has returned home from a night out with mm-hmm. a very she young was out man. all night long. Mm-hmm. Even if I hook up, which you know I haven't hooked up since 1983, but even if Ew. I do, <laughs> Ew. Even we're if I, the same even age. Even if I do hook Ew, up, even if I do baby. hook up, I never want to spend the night ever. Ever. I never want to stay out all night. I want to get home to my bed, to my TV, to my Fraser. I bet Blanche was. 
doing the naughty all night. Like, I bet that she didn't sleep. I bet she didn't sleep. Mm. Um, Blanche is just filthy. And it's so great when she's walking up, because she didn't come home the night before, and she's walking up. Sophia goes, uh, sees her out the window and goes, wait a minute, it's the walking playground now. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> the women awkward. notice that every time around this year, Blanche starts robbing the cradle. Dating yeah. them younger guys. Which could only mean one thing. She's a year older. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. Just like it was mine. Wait, this episode's coming out in a few days. <laughs> or next week. So it was your birthday a while ago. A while ago, yes. Um, so Blanche's birthday is a coming. And so I, f- I like to think that Blanche, in some sort of weird... You know, like drinking the blood of a virgin will make you younger. From the fountain of youth, drinking from that that. will make you younger. I feel like Blanche thinks that maybe having sex with a young man will make her skin younger. There's a new, like, (laughs) there's a new, like, 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 um, uh, what is not physical therapy, uh, plastic surgery thing happening. Some new fad where you, like, inject blood or, like, drink blood of, like, people younger than you or something. Oh, I think I've heard about this. But I think it's injections. I don't think you drink it. I mean... Maybe it's like plasma or something. I yeah, don't know. I'm just making know. stuff up. I would never do that because I have not aged a day since 23. Just tell me. Which right. that's the age you were in 1983. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Was, yeah. I was doing that. Um, so uh, we get to the apartment building where uh, Sophia and Dorothy are doing Meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Sophia, being the woman that she is and the woman that we've come to know in terms of like her always wanting to like be with people and hang out with people, like her whole day where she goes out and gets like a nectarine, she loves to stay and talk to everybody. Yeah. Which is so sweet. So sweet, but so she also complains about the ones that stay and talk to her. So she's talking about the one lady who like thinks Jews run the world (laughs) and like, you know, won't shut up and stuff. So she also complains about it too. And uh, there's this one door where Sophia tells Dorothy, like, this guy never comes out. Just put the food there and run. She does. She puts it old. Or she puts it old. She puts it down. She walks away. But then the door opens and we see the guy standing there. Wait, it's Levon. Leon. 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 Leon from Roseanne. Guys, can I admit something about this man? This man, very famous character actor. He's been in everything. Do you know his name? No, I don't because I it's it's I want to say Bill Mole, but it's not. It's Martin Mole. Martin Mole. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I can't Martin for the Mull. life of me, I can't remember his character's names. I can't remember his name. I don't know why. I have a mental my entire life. Every time I've seen this man, I'm like, "Oh, it's that." And I can't remember and his fucking name. And it's so weird because Roseanne is like your second favorite show. I know. It's strange. And he was in it's a lot of episodes. A lot. He was a main character. He was one of the first one of my favorite episodes of his ever is he Dan needs someone for his poker game, poker night game. It was like the second or it was third season. And Dan needs another poker buddy to fill out his mm-hmm. table. And the guy dropped that he had. And Roseanne was like, why don't you get Leon? And everyone's like, he's gay. Well, you don't want to do that. He's gay. And Dan, he, he needed it. So Dan took him. And there's this amazing moment where Leon comes out to these guys. Wow. But not like in like an emotional sort of like, I'm gay. But like in sort of like a, normal way, a very casual way. And it's such an interesting moment because everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, but he's probably still harping on you. Like, it's <laughs> like they, they, they try to, like, make it as masculine as possible. It's really, it's really a genius episode. There's, yeah, I can't, I can't, ugh. She's crazy as fuck now, but I, I, I'm, I so admire that. Did she that block series. you on Twitter? Yes, she did. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But it's fine. 
Um, so Dorothy sees this man who, you know, he's like four, 40, maybe. No, he's probably in his 30s, late 30s, would you say? Yeah. So yeah. she looks at him and she goes, he's not old. And then when Jimmy <laughs> goes back into his apartment and shuts the door... Uh, she knocks on it and he's like, who is it? And she says, Sergeant Spornak, food police. <laughs> well, no, he says a bunch of stuff about like deserving the food. And she's like, I'm Sergeant Spornak, food police. And it's so funny because she's so like, it's almost like a schoolyard thing. I can see that as, I can see Sergeant Spornak, food police. I can see that as like a Saturday morning G.I. Joe cartoon like that with Dorothy what's his would name? do. With what's his name? Rose's boyfriend. With Mr. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Star- yeah. Sergeant Spornak, food police, with yeah. Mr. Terrific, who tells you to have a nice day. Right? <laughs> Mr. Mailman. Oh, yeah, He's Mr. in jail. Mailman. Also, the food that she was delivering sounded, I know we're in 1990, but it sounded so 80s to me. It was what turkey, was it? a turkey loaf with carrot raisin salad. It also, there was a brownie in there, too. Oh, see that I brownie wrapped it. up? Oh, I love a brownie. His apartment. So big. It was big. Big, it like, it, and I get it's like 1990. It's like kind of a weird time. It's it's decorated to look like the 70s. Yes. But. Well, he, it's made to seem to think that this man became so frightened of the outside world that he has not left this apartment since 1970 something. He hasn't now, left in 22 years. And so certain, he's in a time capsule. Yeah. Which, like. Uh, uh, she's not. She hasn't been a guest on the podcast, but I keep trying to get her to be a guest on the podcast. Laura Prepon from that '70s show. No, um, Sarah Benacasa. She's a oh, great yeah, writer. Yeah, I love Sarah. And she wrote a book called um, Agora Fabulous. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. it is. And we should have had her for this episode. And uh, she, it's it was about her sort of agoraphobia and mm-hmm. this fear that she had of leaving and sort of what that was like. Um, but I don't believe that like. From 2004 to like 2006, she stayed in 2004. You know, I I think she knew that Bush was reelected, and like <laughs> like things changed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I don't know if it would necessarily have been a time capsule because eventually that stuff fades and wears well, away. Well, yeah, and and that's like that was sort of my. But it's a funny. But I mean, in the I, premise I, I of it, it, it's, it's funny. But it all it just looks like set dressing yes. from like from that the 70s show from the some, like from the 90s like yeah. nothing looked worn everything looked bright and brand new mm-hmm. and you know i get it i get i get it i liked it, it i did you like know, it it's not and i love they him weren't be he's subtle. such a good actor i'll never remember his name but i love his, i love him and at first when he tells dorothy he hasn't been out because she's like what are what are you doing you're like a capable young adult like why she's are you taking judgy. advantage of this program um and so he tells her he's handicapped he hasn't been out in 22 years and then she leaves and she's like that's pathetic in like a yeah. sad way not in a, a cruel way but like wow that's sad and pathetic that this man hasn't yeah. left in in 22 well, years and it is it's makes i mean it's he's incapable of doing it and she's acknowledging how sad that is i mm-hmm. mean pathetic's probably a bad choice of words but like you know it is it's sad mm-hmm. and then when she's back home she's sort of explaining to the women why jimmy is the way he is so you know we assume that by this time they've maybe had some more conversations she's delivered more food maybe talked to him a little bit more and he was overwhelmed by the world yeah she she says the 60s were really hard keep in mind guys like 1968 like from 1963 until 1968 like a president was assassinated yeah martin luther king martin luther king but 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 even before that like vietnam started up and then in 1968 in the span of one fucking year you got 
a president says he's not going to run for re-election because he's so unpopular he can't win. And Vietnam War, everything is sort of like huge unrest. There's a great book called 1968 that's uh, an essential read. Uh, Martin Luther King is assassinated. And then literally just months later, during a presidential campaign, Robert F. Kennedy Kennedy, is assassinated. And it's like, and then Nixon becomes president. And it's sort of like, what the fuck happened? Like what? It, it literally like from at least I wasn't alive obviously, but like so much of the, the 1968 book really talks about that sentiment of the world falling apart. Mm-hmm. I've even asked my friend Colleen, who she's very sassy in her seventies, and we've talked about 1968, talk about 63 too, and how it really felt like something was something was falling apart. Like mm-hmm. it, literally, the country yeah. felt like it was falling apart. Um, so I can see that. Yeah. I can see someone having that sort of downward spot. I've also seen Forrest Gump, and everyone knows. Yeah. That's a testament to history. I had to go pay. Uh, so then, and, and again, this is sort of coming back to, like, what I was mentioning at the top of the show, which is, like, Dorothy compares herself to uh, Jimmy, and she says that, you know, when Stanley walked out on her, she locked herself in her bedroom. Yeah. And she wouldn't come out, but she needed someone who could get her out of that room, and, and she thinks that that's what Jimmy needs. Yeah, I get that. I feel that. I mean, I... I mean, during chemo, I didn't really see anybody. I would... I literally only allowed a few people into my world, basically. Sure. And I wouldn't let friends come over, and I wouldn't talk... I wouldn't respond to phone calls or text messages or anything. I'd just hide. And even now, working from home most of the time, like... I don't leave this apartment very much. I basically live here. All right. The time. But, and, and I think the difference though is that this guy hasn't left in 22 years. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. And yeah. I don't know. For, for Dorothy to kind of compare her situation, again, it was like, you know, being heartbroken and, and feeling uh, very strong emotions yes. to the fact that your marriage is ending to what I think is like this like long-term undiagnosed mental illness. Yeah. It's a bit like of a stretch to, but also too like, but from Dorothy's perspective, again, if like, if that's how she's viewing it and she's not viewing it as mental illness, she's viewing it as, Oh, this is just someone who needs my help. Yeah. That's sort of like how she's viewing it. Yeah. Um, well, and they even make light of that. Like they make fun of that when at some point she's like Dorothy Spornak miracle. Yeah, but Which, and even Sophia says to her, he's she's like, you're not a shrink. Don't let your ego yeah. get in the way of this. Because Dorothy's like, oh, I'm gonna be, you know, she's got that teacher mentality. She's, gonna she's help like, him. I'm gonna be the one. Yeah. To get Jimmy out, and she is. Yeah. I mean, eventually he does it on his own, but she really is. She's the one. She gets him out. Oh, but mm. you really feel for Jimmy, don't you? <sighs> I just. There, there was no message with Jimmy's story. Yeah, because it didn't need a message. Yeah, it's the only mm, the only consequence to Dorothy's actions in getting him out is that two times she gets him out, and he's like, "Okay, maybe, maybe I will try this." And then something crazy happens. Like he's the one yeah. millionth customer at the grocery store and the balloons come down and it's a lot of noise and it's like triggers yeah. him and he freaks out. Yeah, but this and isn't. Then that ju- and then it happens again. But this isn't he's like. Not, she didn't fix him. This isn't an episode of ER where there's an emotional sort of moment. They have to come to terms with his mental illness. This show this has is, emotional moments where people have to come to terms with them. Of the with Golden things. Girls. But even then, it's still funny and campy. 
Like, it's still going to be silly. I think you're expecting a lot of this episode. And, you know, it's not as serious as, like, it doesn't need to be sort of a, a after-school message campaign episode. I don't know. I think this show does a really good job of taking emotional stories and important social messages. Mm-hmm. But Because, like, why why push him this far? Why make him an agoraphobic who hasn't been out of his apartment in 22 years? Like, that's a very specific thing to want to write a story about. But those emotional episodes happen to the women, not to other characters. It doesn't matter if this is a male character. It can happen to both men and and women. They may just say, oh, we want to make this character male instead of a female. But they didn't see it as a social message episode. It was a funny episode of a dude who can't leave his apartment because he has a mental illness. But they didn't see it that way because it was 1990. But then why did the episode? Because it's a funny bit. Back then, it would have been a funny bit. Mm. You know? Mm. Like, think about it. Someone, it's sort of like a, it's like, it's like he's a alien in a way, like walking into a new world. And there's a lot of comedy potential in that because, you know. They did that when Magda came to visit. <laughs> well, yeah. But and even then, even then. Okay, that's a great example. Here she was coming from like a communist country who, who, you know, definitely does, is not the nicest to their people. But that wasn't a social political episode about the wrongs that can happen under a communist rule dictator. It was an episode about a fish out of water loving Vanna White and Slurpees. So like, you know. Yeah, but there was a bit of a, she didn't she in the end like learn to appreciate what America had to offer? I can't remember. There was some sort but of it, message at the end. No, th- most episodes don't have messages. I think you're reading into that. It's no. not, they're not, even the AIDS episode. When I say message, I mean like uh, when you do something like when you tackle a certain subject matter that, yeah. and again, they were aware of tackling subject matters and what that meant when it and the responsibility the women, that they had. When it happened to the women. You're, I think but you're just confusing just because it's a male that. character. It's not just because it's a male character. It, name another time in this series that someone other than the four main characters have had a, a not only a major storyline, but B, where it was about their struggle with something of a social issue or a message. When and Sophia's friend wanted to kill herself and yeah. Sophia had to decide whether or but not she was going to But it wasn't about Sophia's help. friend. It was about Sophia's reaction to it. And it also, even like with Blanche and her sister in the liver, it wasn't about her sister dealing with this big social issue. It was about how Blanche and her own narcissism had to deal with the issue. This episode is about how Dorothy responds to this man's agoraphobia, and she does it in a very vain, ridiculous way that is probably insensitive to the man's well-being, emotional well-being. And it's not a social issue message. It's not, they didn't view it as sort of like a big, grandiose sort of chronic fatigue syndrome episode, AIDS episode. Well, maybe what I was missing from this episode is just a moment where Dorothy has a realization, a serious moment where she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have tried to fix you. And I know he does come over and he says, I am going to get help. Thank you. You've sort of like led me in that right direction. But I think I was just looking for a little bit more onus on Dorothy for her to, to, to realize it wasn't my place to do this. I'm sorry. I see that. I I totally see that. I also don't. I don't find this episode offensive really at all. It's not so much offensive. I just wanted to like bring up the issue of or raise the question of is it insensitive this mm. whole because the title of the episode snap out of it this this sort of message of like you just got to snap out of it. 
I don't know. Yeah. That's all. I think that's just putting too much. Sure. And we can move on. This is, this is turning into a bigger debate than the, (laughs) did Blanche want to fuck George Clooney? Um, answer is still yes. She did not. She did not. (laughs) Um, so let's move on to something funny because I feel like people are probably like, shut the fuck up already. Um, no, I'm, I, I'm interested to see what they think about this because this is a I good opportunity to see how they deal with yeah, it. Yeah, so definitely weigh in on Facebook and Twitter, guys. Definitely. Um, there's a really, really great moment between Blanche and Sophia where uh, Sophia is just giving Dorothy some advice and um, Blanche is sad because it's her birthday and she wants adv- advice from Sophia. Yeah. And Sophia says... You're old, you're sad, get over it. So what if you knew Jesus personally? Wake up and smell the coffee, you fossil. (laughs) And Blanche hits right back. She goes, my mistake, I guess because you look like Yoda, I thought you'd be wise. She got an applause break. She got a big And she just like struts out of there with her clickety-clackety heels. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. So Rose... Meanwhile, she has been on a mission to find out exactly how she old Blanche is. She comes running in with proof. She's got paperwork. And she even builds it up. Finally, we're going to know Blanche Devereaux's real age. Mm-hmm. And they open it up, and it says... Well, it's Blanche's birth certificate, but the governor... She got the governor to like retract all of the information. <laughs> how do you even do that? Sleep with them. No, but how does a governor retract anything on a birth certificate? I don't know. That's so you of all people should be CSIing this. I know. <laughs> I guess I just don't know much about, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't draw the line between a governor and a birth certificate. So like I could see it getting passed through to I don't know. I don't know even who issues them. <laughs> it's like it's like a governor saying, "Oh, you have the wrong social security number. Here, take this one." It would never happen. Well, I mean, it would be It might. I mean, it might. Maybe maybe I could be wrong. Um, But when it comes to Blanche's age, P.S., in the Mother's Day episode, Blanche's mother says that Blanche was 17 in 1949, Mm. which would have her being born roughly in 1932. So she's about 58 years old currently when this episode aired. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, yeah, she, she, she's 58. 58. She looks good. She looks good for 58. She looks really good. She looks real good. Um, so this, this is the moment where Jimmy calls oh, Dorothy at home. Um, and she has a quick chat with him and, uh, he says he's tired of being isolated. He's ready. And he's ready. He wants her to come over. And mm-hmm. this is where, um, Dorothy calls herself a miracle worker. Uh. You know who's almost 58 years old? Allison Janney. Now compare Also Alice, looks amazing. Someone did a picture recently, I think, of Alice and Janney and Rue McClanahan, and it's fascinating because it's like, this is what 58 was in 1990, and this is what it is now, and it's an interesting comparison. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Dorothy gets over to Jimmy's apartment, and they do this knocking on the door gag. We're doing this horribly. So they do that for and, a long time. And then he does the, after all the knocking, because you think it's a code, he's like, who is it? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. So uh, Dorothy thinking like, okay, this is it. Jimmy's going to come out of the apartment. Come out of the apartment. Just step out. Just step out. No. No. He wants he... Dorothy to live with him. <sighs> no. And she's all like, I like you, but just like, not in that way. Okay. Here's something that creeped me out. He said... He says to Dorothy, you can name six out of the Chicago Seven. I love you. I had to look this up. I didn't know who the Chicago Seven were. Yeah. 
There were seven defendants who were charged by the federal government with conspiracy, inciting to riot, and other charges related to anti-Vietnam War and counterculture protests that took place in Chicago, Illinois, on the occasion of the 1968 Democratic National Convention. Yes. They were convicted. Yes. Those convictions were uh, reversed a couple years later. He finds that sexy that she knows those names. Oh, I get that completely. If I'm on a date... No, trust. If I'm on a date with someone... And they say something at all obscure that like, because I don't, I, I'm, I think I'm pretty smart. And especially if it comes to history, I feel like I know a thing or two. I can give context to shit. You know, that's what I do on this thing, on this podcast. Yes. And, and so if someone on a date says something that I'm like, you know, I was just texting with someone today actually about this. So like Randy Newman, the musician, yes. I find him not physically attractive, but his music and his words and his brain, I find so fucking attractive. Like what? I listen to his, I listen to his music and the pl- but the he subtle sounds like this. I don't care how he. It's not that. It's 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 the humor behind his music, and it's the it's the subtle sort of political messages and the obscure history references that like I listen to his music and I fucking get. And it's like, oh, Brandy, you're turning me on. Is that why your legs are crossed right now? Yes, it is. There's something about, and he wrote probably um, uh, one of the most beautiful love songs of all time, Feels Like Home. Amazing song. I highly recommend everyone go listen to it. it. Every time I hear it, I think, oh my God, that's the cheesiest song that I could never play at my wedding, but I would love for that to be my wedding song. Will you sing it? No, I will not. Okay. It's too good because it's so slow and... I'd ruin the mood. Um, but it's I highly recommend people go listen to it. Linda Ronsett also did a beautiful Ooh, version. Love of it. her. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Is it creepy when later Dorothy's trying to get Jimmy to come out of his apartment? She starts seductively yeah. naming yeah. the Chicago. Not creepy at seven. all. Turns me on. She's like Bobby Dillinger. Rennie Davis. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yes. No, Dorothy. No. Yes, Dorothy. No. Yes. Yes. I'm all about people getting off to whatever gets them off if it doesn't hurt nobody else. And you know what? A little history boner ain't hurting nobody. So Jimmy wants Dorothy to live with him and his fish. And, and How does his fish get food? And Do you think he just feeds the fish the Meals on Wheels food? I think he gets stuff delivered from the local grocery store. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she turns him down. Who cuts his hair? And he's heartbroken. He does it himself. Mm. And he's heartbroken. Yes, she turns him down. She says, no, he's not going to, she's not going to move in. Yeah. And he's like, I'm never going to leave the apartment again. Slams the door on her. Uh, and then. The most acting you've ever seen in a one second moment. B. Arthur, outside that door, acts her fucking she ass She literally, off. the door she, closes. She turns the door. She turns away from the door. She turns back to the door. She puts her fist in the air. Like, she oh, doesn't know. Mm, she shakes I her head and then she I, decides ugh. to walk. Ooh, I, I regret. Oh, mm. Yeah. <sighs> and then she walks away. Walks away. There walks was away. so much acting. I loved it. Which so is why acting. I think um, so much of this episode was just fucking phoned in by. I don't know. I feel like she did a line of blow before that. Scene. She was just like, God, like she was, she was real. Like she had a lot built up there. B. Arthur didn't do cocaine. I mean, I it, figuratively, she figuratively did cocaine. So back at home, <laughs> Dorothy is telling the other women she thinks Jimmy's an idiot. Yeah. An idiot. I'm with her. First he's pathetic. Now he's an idiot. Yeah, she's a bit insensitive in this episode, isn't she? Thank yeah. you. But it doesn't bother me. 
So then Sophia, in trying to make her feel better, tells Dorothy, you know, you can't always help everyone. Yeah, you can't. You do what you can and you move on. I mean, if people aren't ready to help themselves, you can't help them. And there are other people through the Meals on Meals program that do need their help. And those are the people they should be helping. Exactly. Instead of wasting her time with Jimmy. Exactly. And then... um, Sophia quotes a Kenny Rogers song and and, and says it's something that God said. He's retiring. Said. He's retiring. Did you hear that? You read that in the news today. Really? Did he just get too much plastic surgery? Oh, yeah, his face is mm. really bad. But you know what? I'm not shaming someone for the way they look. How about a special episode about that, Carrie Doherty? It was Becky's episode. <laughs> uh there was so Blanche is uh, Rose wants to throw a party for Blanche. Blanche doesn't want the party. Blanche is being cranky. She overhears the party. She overhears but the party being planned. I think this. I think in this episode we get maybe the biggest swear word that Dory Dorothy ever oh, says on the show. Yeah. Um, she asks, uh, "Is kill the bitch a traditional well, Saint Olaf set it party up game?" Set it up. So, like, the reason why she I, said I'm just that, saying she swears. She does which swear. Is, I don't but think the we've reason ever heard why of, she says it is because. Blanche hears about the party and she's explaining why she just doesn't want a party. She doesn't care. She doesn't want the party. And, you know, something about, I forget the context of the thing, but she was talking about two, living with, makes her look younger by living with old women. And she walks out of the room. And then there's a beat. And then Dor- Dorothy says the line, kill the bitch. Is kill the bitch a traditional St. Olaf party game? Yeah. My point was simply, I don't think we've ever heard Dorothy say yeah, the word oh, no. bitch on the show. Not I know we've all. heard Rose say it, <laughs> yeah. um, but not Dorothy. So when she said it, I was like, ooh, that was, ooh, all right. It was a little off-putting, but you could tell that like the censors allowed a little bit more in 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Dorothy, and again, this is like, ooh, but Dorothy is... She goes uh, back to Jimmy's place to try to get him to come out. Yeah. And she says, I don't see how a perfectly healthy, intelligent person can live alone like this. Yeah. He's not healthy. Jimmy also just, (laughs) Jimmy says, but you dumped me as if they were in a relationship. He says the words dumped. Yeah. He's not healthy. (laughs) Move on, Carrie. So anyway... (laughs) All right, I'll move on.org. Jimmy says he wants to go out. He wants to go to a counselor, but he can't even shop for his own food. So yep. Dorothy gets him to go to a grocery store. Yep. Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, he's doing it. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. Yes. And also, too, like, there's so many problems here. In a weird, in a weird way, like, why would a store... Okay, so what happens is he walks in... They, they make a big deal of walking through the turnstiles and one by one they walk through the turnstiles and then Jimmy's the last one and as soon as he walks through the turnstile, balloons fall, people come out, there's explosive things, like things are just popping up around him and he's mm-hmm. terrified. Now, grocery store, this is a CSI for me. It's a funny bit. I like the funny bit of it. But what if it was an old lady who had a heart attack like Frida, Fla- Frida uh, Claxton. Claxton? Like, she could have died right there on the spot by the excitement. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement. Also, the guy that runs over, because he's the one million He has customer, a microphone. Who's he talking to? I don't know. But he says, you just want an all-expense-paid trip to Mardi Gras. Which is amazing. Mardi I love Gras, that. Mardi Gras where? In New Orleans? Oh, yes, New Orleans. Okay, but like that's not that great. You're the one millionth customer. Send, send me to like customer. Oh, God, I just my Massachusetts just came flying out of me. Mike wow. Dennison, are you listening? I'm here, man. 
Mike D's from Boston. You guys yes. all know that. Yes. I love him. He's great. He's uh, the best. But He's like, the best. send me to Puerto Vallarta. You know what I mean? What do you have against New Orleans? I love New Orleans. I but spend the to holidays go from Miami there. to New Orleans, if that's you're amazing. Make, they probably spent more money on the balloons and the confetti no, than they I did am on that trip. No, I will. I have. I have such a soft spot in my heart for New Orleans. Oh no, I'm New not Orleans saying New Orleans is the isn't best. great. New Orleans is an amazing vacation, free vacation, and you will accept it and love it. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> um. So this freaks Jimmy the fuck out. He, of course, and he runs away. And he runs away. But what's crazy about this, what I thought is, like, it would have been, this is, again, insensitive, but it, would, but it would have been funny if you saw Jimmy run out of the store screaming, ah! And then he gets encountered by, like, all these things that are so 1990, you know, like ATM machines and, like, just things coming at him left and right that are, like, terrifying him. Right. That's and a he's whole just, other aspect. He's Is he just, even aware of he doesn't the technological know where he's going. advances? He's just screaming, running around the street, trying to get home, being like, no, I don't know who's president. No. See, here's where this also upset me a little bit. And maybe it's just because of, like, a personal thing. But, like, yeah. sort of, like... with. Things that we can assume, <coughs> excuse me, about Jimmy based on what they've said is like he had a hard time during the 60s. Yes. Okay. Maybe he was in Vietnam, right? So maybe he's suffering from PTSD. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you have like loud noises and shit going on everywhere. Yeah. Maybe he's having a flashback and he runs out. And I'm like, that's upsetting. You're putting a that's lot That's very on upsetting. A I know. I know episode. I am. I know I yes. am. I just. Like, I feel like the listeners are like, lighten up, Carrie. No. <laughs> and you can say lighten up. That's totally fine, guys. I will take it in this episode. I just, for some some reason it just i don't know this one didn't sit right with me i know i know i love i love the show of course i love the golden girls you can yes. do no wrong but this just this like this was like you know when you eat a bad egg no okay well if it just it just left me with a little bit of an upset tum that's all interesting i have tums i'm okay i'm fine no i'm fine i don't need a tums <laughs> now um <laughs> so Blanche, speaking of people who like apparent like who appear to have just done a huge line of cocaine, back at home, Blanche is like on cloud nine, best mood ever, one of the best birthdays she's ever had. She made Mel Bushman's head snap back like that, and like yes. Rose calls him Pez head, and uh, she's she's feeling good. Yeah, but. She can't be feeling good because she slept with a younger man. Because Mel Bushman, as we is, know, is her age or older. Her, he's older, I think. Yeah. Um, but regardless, um, she's sitting with Rose and she says, you know, that birthday nonsense was just an exercise in vanity. So for <laughs> the first time, Blanche Devereaux will reveal her true and accurate age. If you reveal your weight. Yes. Which is what she says to Rose. Yes. And I, I don't know if I got the right numbers. I think I did. But... She says, if you reveal your weight, and then Rose goes, 114 pounds. And, and Blanche goes, 48. And they go, great, fine. And they stand up and walk away. I thought that <laughs> was is, a really funny. There's no way Rose is 114 pounds. I'm sorry. I ain't going to shame that because I understand lying about my weight. I've been lying about my weight for like at least 10 years now. I just know Betty White definitely taller than me and her tits are like five times bigger. Yeah. So I know yeah. like that alone. Yeah. Means that she weighs more than that. Yes. Um, and so then Rose, uh, Dorothy, and Sophia come home, mm-hmm. and they're just she's a mess. She's a mess. She's upset about. She's really upset. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's, no. I have to admit, because we're getting to the end of the episode, 
I get your beef with this episode and I understand it and I hear you and it's a part of your narrative and I accept it. <laughs> accept it, Carrie. But I think the real atrocity with this episode is about to come. I wonder if we, we're going to say the same thing. Probably. Okay. Because it pissed me off because it is, I get the joke. I get that it fits in line with the rest of the episode, but it is a fucking lazy end because they have done this before. Okay. Go ahead. What is it? So Dorothy and Sophia come back. We should probably just keep explaining the end, but like Dorothy and Sophia come back and they're upset. But then who stops by the house? Jimmy. Jimmy. And everyone's like, Jimmy, what are you, Jimmy, Jimmy. And this is where he explains that Dorothy has been some help to him and that, you know, he's sort of recognized something in himself and that he needs to get help. And, and he really just wants to buy new clothes. Like that's like, he needs new clothes. Yeah. He's been wearing, we should also mention, you guys know this, but Jimmy's been wearing like bell bottoms and like vests with tassels, like leather vests and stuff. It's too much. And it's, it's, it's very like Barbara Streisand, A Star is Born. And so he, so they're all very excited. And Dorothy and Sophia and Jimmy all walk into, and Blanche too, walk into the kitchen to, I presume, go to Dorothy's car. Blanche is making coffee for everybody. That's yes. why they go oh, in yes, there. Yes. And maybe she'll serve some shrimp. Some shrimp. Yeah. So they all, whatever. They all go into the kitchen. And then all of a sudden there's a huge, loud surprise. And it's all these, and Jimmy comes running out. Dorothy comes running out, and she does sort of like a claw thing at Rose, being like, I could kill you. And then all these <laughs> men come out, and it's, it's men for, that's Blanche's surprise party, is all the men. Now. That's, Which Rose gave her. Rose gave her. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe, not only has this, I know it's happened once, I believe it's happened multiple times in this, this series, where the surprise is, a bunch of men. There's the one episode where I think Rose invited everyone from Blanche's little black book and there's like a conga line. Yeah, I was just so thinking it. I actually thought this was the conga line. And one. then there's the Valentine's Day episode where Sophia surprises everybody and it's all the, the date. their dates. So all the men come out like this is a pattern and it just feels very lazy to me. And that is the real atrocity from this episode. You and I were not thinking of the same thing. What were you thinking? At all. Okay. So... When Dorothy and Sophia come home, Jimmy comes over and he's like, oh, you left your sweater or I found your sweater. Yeah. And Dorothy's like, how did you get here? And Jimmy says, I walked. How, how does Jimmy know where they live? First of all. Well, Second, the women drove straight home from the grocery store, presumably. Yeah. And then Jimmy walked there and he showed up like a minute after they did. Yeah. Do you think that, so I guess they just live down the street from the grocery store and maybe he found, he followed them Maybe they somehow? went, I mean, you know, we don't know what they did. Maybe they went looking for Jimmy. Maybe they drove around trying to see if maybe they could find him, you know, in the neighborhood. Maybe they walked around and tried to look I really for thought you were going to logic police this with me. That's what I, I thought your head was I going there. I never logic police this I was like, you. oh man, this is great. You and me. No, um, no, no. I wanted something, I wanted something more like, I don't know original like like it's like they win a million uh, like he won the the sweepstakes thing the million dollar sweep mardi gras prize no like he wins again he wins something else or like he wins i don't know like something else other than something that's been done before but whatever something that they did in this episode which they do in a lot of episodes that i find very funny i think you do too is when like 
there's like some new relationship forged or it's like, and we're going to be friends forever. And Dorothy was like, Jimmy, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And then we never saw him again. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah. I get it. They can't. I mean, they can't have, they can't be paying guest stars out the ass all the time. They had the money. They could. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, They were doing fine. I also, I'm also curious to know, like, while these men are all waiting for like, Blanche to come, yeah. I don't know they're waiting for like the surprise moment yeah. what do you think they're all talking about in the kitchen like oh you know what dudes talk about they're talking about like cars and their work and the weather and like you, you know. don't think they're like so how you know Blanche no no one is like that because everyone knows how someone knows Blanche <laughs> Like, nobody. I think that's a great sentiment to end this episode on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like the episode. I, I I get the insensitivities that would probably respond. Like, if this episode aired today and it was a new episode, Vulture the next day would have the most intense think piece ever about the insensitivities of this episode. I, and I, I don't get know. that. It's And I don't even want to necessarily call it insensitivities. I guess just, like, they they just have always had such a delicate hand with certain issues. Yeah. And I just thought that this one didn't seem to be handled that way. But they do really well with issues and, and keeping an emotional story and, and, and still being able to make it funny. But I think you're forgetting the obvious other episodes where they make fun of someone with a disability or they make fun of someone with whatever race but they are. he and, was and a jerk in a wheelchair. <laughs> You know what I'm saying. She said, but no, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I mean like other episodes, like just recently there was two episodes where like back to back, there were two jokes that from like Sophia that were like super insensitive that well, wouldn't air today. Jokes though. But I'm talking about the way they handle well, think, certain things like, yeah, I think mental illness. I just think it was just, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting and it's, just, I don't know. It's something that I feel like, I, I'm just curious to know if other people We'll let you guys weigh in on way. this. Please, when we post this episode on Facebook, respond in the comment section about what your thoughts are. Yeah. And yeah, maybe I'm being oversensitive to it. It was just something, no, I think it just. I think there's, there's, there, there, there's credence to what you're saying. I get it. I totally understand it. But I also. It's like a pebble in my shoe. But I also think, it's yeah. a little uncomfortable, but I, also but think, I kept walking. I think, but I think you're forgetting, you're, you're, you're putting a little too much on it in that, like time and place, like 1990, like TNP, and and how and how our culture has changed with accepting because we still haven't gotten very far in accepting mental illness. There's just that whole article recently about someone who took a mental illness day, and their boss sort of wrote like a very complimentary thing about it, and it was like we don't we don't do that. We don't celebrate people taking care of themselves mentally and physically. You know, we think being sick is just physically, and uh, and there's not enough focus on it. So I get that. I understand that part of it, but I also am like. In 1990, they probably wouldn't have seen it that way. They wouldn't have seen this as a special episode. They would have seen this as a funny bit for the girls to have mayhem. And, and I don't think they saw his mental illness really at all. You What's know. your GT? My golden takeaway from this episode is it's Martin Mole. Yeah. Great. Great. So my golden takeaway is that I will remember his name. My golden takeaway is that it's Martin Mull. It's Martin Mull. Um, my golden takeaway is uh, I feel like a lot of actors, like maybe when they're trying to like prepare a monologue or something mm-hmm. or, you know, rehearse mm-hmm. something, they do it in front of the mirror. Yeah. I say do it to a door. Why? I don't know. I feel like that door brought out like the animal of a thespian in B. Arthur. 
So like, just do it to the door and see if you feel anything differently than if you're acting to a mirror or to another human or to an animal. Yeah. Do it to the door. Interesting. And see how it makes you feel. Fascinating. Yeah. I know I like to tear down doors. That's a metaphor. For tearing down walls? Doors. Oh. I like doors because doors close people in, whereas walls close people out. But walls are very large. It's easier to take down a door. Baby steps. Well... It depends on what kind of tools you have. If you just take the screw. If it's like if it's like thin sheetrock or something, then you can yeah. easily do that with like a sledgehammer. But if that's like a thick titanium door or yeah. something, cement, you could also just have someone open it. Well, but if you have to do it yourself and you don't have the true necessary means, you like don't want the one time that happened to me where I was my key got stuck in the door. And it broke off. And it broke off. That happened to me too in Brooklyn. And I thought I could fix it. And I was on the inside of my apartment and I was undoing my doorknob and my doorknob fell out the opposite side and I got locked in my I got locked in my place too. Yeah. I think I maybe contacted you because I was stuck and I couldn't, I couldn't, you weren't available. And, and my friend Theo came over, a straight man, very tall straight man came over and tried to, and had saved me. He basically saved me. And it was a moment where I realized I'm alone. (laughs) (laughs) um our our former podcast guest from like season one adam newman saved me from when i locked myself in my apartment it was very nice straight men these straight men come they're good for something yep guys if you are following along with the podcast uh in the episodes that we're watching the next one we're watching get ready because it's a good one wham bam thank you mammy wham bam thank you mammy guys it's the mammy episode that's also gonna We'll see. <laughs> Guys, you can go to outonthelanai.com yes, to learn can. more about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. I've got to spread this GG love now that's on H Hulu. Now that the Golden Girls is on H-Hulu. Yeah. Uh, you guys can also uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook.com slash Golden Girls Podcast. We are on Twitter. Our handle is at Golden Girls Pod. And if you guys want to support the podcast, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate. And you can make a one-time donation or set up a monthly donation through Patreon. Yes. If you can't donate financially but you still want to support the podcast, you can go to iTunes and you can leave us a nice rate and review. And continue sending us messages and yeah. tweets engaging us and sending us fun Golden Girls news and your pictures and your Golden Girls themed all birthday parties and your trips to Rularoo Cafe, all that stuff. Oh. Like, Yeah, and I'm H. Allen Scott and everything. I'm going to St. Louis next week to film for the movie, <gasps> latterdayjew.com. Very yes. exciting. We, we've been filming so much, so exciting. Uh, so follow me on the Insta, Grabbles, and everywhere to see the adventures that I have in St. Louis filming and being with my family too. My family's going to be on camera. My mother got the whole house painted. It's a whole thing. It's very exciting. exciting. And there's, I I had a clip just got released, uh, with Judy gold and she's so funny. She's so, so funny. Very funny. Yeah. Go to latterdayjew.com to see that. Cause it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. I'm very excited. She's the best. I'm very, very excited for you. Yeah. And guys, I am at Squid Eat Squid on Twitter, and I'm Squidzy on Instagram, and I don't have any fun adventures coming up, but I will definitely check yours out, H. Allen. You don't have um, latterdaycatholic.com? <laughs> no, but I did see Book of Mormon finally for the first time. Nice. It's great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I love that musical. And the, the Mormon, I grew up Mormon, you mm-hmm. guys. Uh, it's the back story. Um, and the, the Mormon church has accepted it. They love that musical. Well, because the message, I don't want to spoil it, but it's got a... It's been out for a few years. Okay. Yeah, it's got a pretty positive message. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, if it works for you, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, 
I think this is a great time to come together and to remember to always stay golden. golden. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Love you. Call me. the last word in. Text me. Snapchat me. I get the last word. Miles and miles, 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 miles.